Lucy Parsons. Welcome to today's show. Today we're going to be talking about two helpful and three unhelpful comparisons your teen might make when studying for their GCSEs or A-levels. And you can find all the details of today's show, including any links that I mention, at lifemoreextraordinary.com forward slash comparison. But before we dive into today's show, I just wanted to give you some news about some things that are coming up that you might be interested in. The first of which is the Easter holiday revision Kickstarter workshop that I'm holding on Saturday the 20th of March at 1.30pm. This is a very popular workshop that I've held many times over the last few years and it's interactive, it's online, it's on Zoom and it's two hours long but if you're worried about it being two hours long don't worry because I give people a chance to kind of get up and stretch in the middle and it is also very practical so people aren't just sitting and listening for two hours they're actually doing things to create a personalized and flexible revision plan so that they can revise effectively over the Easter holidays. So why am I holding this workshop on the 20th of March? It's because um, if you think back to last week's episode where I talked about um, the timelines leading up to when teachers in 2021 are having to submit um, students' grades. We Basically, the Easter holiday is the main stretch of time that students are going to have to revise because probably all assessments that teachers are going to base the grades on will be done by May half term. So the Easter holiday is the last time when um, students can really put that effort in at home to raise their grades for any assessments that are done between um, the Easter holidays and the May half term. So um, what we do on the workshop is go through an exercise in the first half where students prioritise what to revise in a quick, easy and repeatable way so that they put their attention into the things that are going to make the biggest difference to their overall marks in whatever assessments are coming up. They decide also which revision techniques to use so that they don't waste time on things that don't work for them. All of this put together creates their personalised and flexible plan for revision so that they know what they need to get done and when and when they're going to take a well-earned rest over the Easter holidays because we are all quite worn down by everything that's been going on in the last year. And then at the end of the workshop, we talk about how to incorporate a little bit of revision into every day so that they don't stop revising once they go back to school and maybe go back into lessons before they have their assessments. So it's about those um, habits for consistency because that's what really matters with revision. So we talk about that at the end. And this workshop is open to anybody who is going to have um, assessments to actually help them get their grades in um, their GCSEs or A-levels this summer. But it's also open to students in year 10 and year 12 who want to get into good revision habits and be ready for um, any end of year exams that they might have this year. 
So if you'd like to find out more or sign up for this workshop, please go to lifemoreextraordinary.com forward slash revision dash kickstarter. So that's lifemoreextraordinary.com forward slash revision dash kickstarter. And what is even better news is that we have two um, A-level masterclasses being added into the club in the time that you'll be a member if you join for the Revision Kickstarter. The first of these is the How to Revise A-Level Economics Masterclass, which is on the 27th of March. That's happening live on Zoom on that Saturday morning. And then at the very beginning of April, we'll have the How to Revise A-Level Chemistry Masterclass being added to the club. This isn't a um, live masterclass, it's pre-recorded, but if your child is in year 12 or year 13 and they're doing either economics or chemistry, or maybe even both, they will be able to make use of those masterclasses, as well as all the other masterclasses that are already inside the Extraordinaries Club if they sign up for this workshop during their Easter holiday revision. Okay, if you've got any questions about any of those, please just email hello at lifemoreextraordinary.com and we will be really happy to help you. But let's get on with today's show. So as a reminder, today we're talking about two helpful and three unhelpful comparisons your teen might make when studying for GCSEs or A-levels. Over my six years as an academic coach, I've seen students making some helpful comparisons between themselves and others. However, more often they make unhelpful or misguided comparisons. In today's episode, I'm going to share with you the three toxic comparisons that students should avoid making at all costs and the two comparisons that will help them focus and stay motivated in a productive way. So let's start off with the three unhelpful comparisons that your teen should avoid making at all costs and so should you. So the first unhelpful comparison is how hard their friends are working. A regular excuse for not studying harder or smarter is from students at school is that they're already doing more than their friends. This is a terrible comparison for two reasons. Firstly, They don't actually have any idea how hard their friends are working when they're at home. Friends may give the impression that they're doing very little when actually they're studying really hard when no one's looking. And secondly, if their peer group isn't actually studying very hard, studying more than them isn't going to help them reach their real potential. And we'll talk more about that in um, when we start thinking about the more helpful comparisons and the helpful comparison that you can make instead of comparing yourself to the friend to your friends. But you may have heard the aphorism: "You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with," and it, Jim Rohn was the person who said that. This isn't always true. 
but can be a real problem when teens are desperately trying to fit in with each other and outdo each other with how little they're studying. Last summer, we had a student who was working with us one-to-one who was in year 12. He and his mates were far more focused on socialising and while his mates were out having fun or there was any chance for this particular student to earn money in his job, there was no way he was going to study any more. He kind of had this view that it was grossly unfair that anybody was really asking him to study. He thought he'd been given the impression that when he finished his GCSEs, you know, life was going to get much easier study-wise. He felt that he'd been completely missold what life was going to be like in the sixth form and for A-levels. And um, he just, he and his mates just wanted to have fun and they all felt the same way about their studies. And he was just definitely aiming to be the average of the company he kept. And he wanted to stay that way and had no desire to change either his company or his ways. And you may have seen this if you've got a child who... um, just really wants to be in with their friends and they really don't want to stand out as different um and this is where friendship groups can become a problem i even saw last week on my facebook page one mum saying that she was worried about her son returning to school after the lockdown because he'd been working really well at home whereas when he was at school he was in with a bad lot and he didn't work at all well with them and she was worried about him returning to his old ways. So this is something, you know, to be really aware of and be careful of um, with teenagers and how they're forming friendships and that kind of thing. Okay, let's move on to unhelpful comparison number two, which is comparing how clever they are to how clever their classmates are. Many students really worry about how they compare to their classmates and this can have the very negative impact of making students want to shrink into the background and become invisible in the classroom. It stops them from asking questions and getting the help that they need because they just don't want to be noticed for being the one person who doesn't get it. Most of the time, young people are judging their classmates' cleverness on their contributions in class and the grades they get. The trouble is, they don't know how much work is going on behind the scenes to get this confident class performance and great grades. In today's education climate, it's safe to assume that no one is getting the best grades without expending considerable effort outside the classroom. Grades 8, 9 and A star don't happen by accident or by osmosis. So if your teenager is nervous about getting the help they need, make sure they know this and tell them to just ask when they need help. My older sister gave me this advice before I went to university and it is literally the best advice I've ever been given. Just asking when I didn't understand something, when I was at university and in all of my life beyond, has saved me so much time struggling with things I don't know or don't understand. 
And you can be sure that if you don't get something, there's at least one other person in the room who doesn't get it either and will thank you for asking the question. And the other thing to say there really is that if you don't get it and you ask that question, you don't you don't actually have to do it in a public way. You don't have to stick your hand up and make it public. You know, you can have a subtle word with a teacher after at the end of a, the lesson or while people are getting on with things in the lesson. Um, and that, that's a much more subtle way where you're not drawing as much attention to yourself. But every student in every class has just as much right to the help that the teacher can give them as every other student. And if students are shying away from getting the help that they need because they don't want to make that unfavorable comparison with their classmates then they are not getting the full education that they deserve so please 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 make sure your children know that it is their right to put their hand up and get the help that they need okay let's move on to unfavorable or unhelpful comparison number three which is comparing themselves to their siblings' achievements. This is a really hard one to avoid because sibling achievements are so visible within families. I remember this in my own childhood. In the heat of a teenage argument, my dad once said to my younger sister, I've got three older, very academically able siblings as well as my younger sister, no child of mine ever gets anything less than straight A's. I can remember him saying this and my jaw literally dropping to the floor. Can you imagine how that went down with my teenage sister? I've worked with um, lots of sets of twins as well in the Extraordinaries Club and this problem of comparison seems to be even worse where you've got twins and particularly where one twin seems to get on academically much better than the other one it's really quite acute and can be quite painful but I've also seen parents of twins managing it really really nicely and making sure the two um, young people are parented as individuals so as a parent, I'd encourage you to do three things to counteract the comparison of brothers and sisters. The first thing, which you've probably heard me say before, because I say it all the time and it's so important, is to praise their effort and not their results. Because effort's the thing each child can control and re results flow from effort. And it's better that we're all valued for what we do what we do than how we're graded. So if you have a culture in your family of praising effort, then you can praise all your children equally um, if they're putting the same effort in, or if one child is putting more effort in, you can praise them even more. And you know, when they do get good results or results that they should be proud of, link that that link those results back to the effort that they've put in so it's like well done for getting that a you know I saw how hard you worked and how brilliantly you went about your revision and it's because you did that so well that you got this grade so please 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 remember to praise effort 
rather than results wherever you can. Okay, the second thing that you can do as a parent is to parent each child as an individual. I'm sure you've seen families, whether it's in your own family or other families, where there are children with very different needs, different abilities, you know, very different characters and all that kind of thing. And because of that, it's not necessarily fair or right to treat all children the same. So you want to give every child the same level of opportunity, but how you help them to arrive at that opportunity may be very different for different children within the family. So treat each child as an individual and parent them in the right way for their talents, situation and character. And I know this is hard, it's hard like when you appear not to be consistent between children but you know I know from my own two children they need different things and the fairest way to parent each of your children in the way that is going to be best for each of them okay the third thing that you can do as a parent about this sibling comparison thing is to emphasize your child's individual journey And this is linked very much to praising their effort and not their results. We're all on our own journey. Let your children know that you see them for the journey through life that they are on. While some may breeze through the ordained steps of the education system, for many, their path will not be so straightforward. But that doesn't mean it's less valid and will fail to prepare them for the life they're going to lead. The other day I saw a question asked on Facebook and the question was, what failures have you made in your career? And I sat back and I really thought about that. And I was like, well, I've chopped and changed and done all sorts of different things in my life, but I don't see any of those things as failures. And I think, you know, if children are finding it hard to find their way through the education system we shouldn't brand that as a failure we should just brand that as a way to find you know their journey to find the right way forward for them and if they keep on trying trying to find the right way forward for them being curious learning from what happens and moving forwards then that's all preparing them for the life ahead. You know, I don't think there are any mistakes. There are just learning opportunities. And if you're emphasising that to your children, then they're really going to have a growth mindset and they will know that you value them for the journey that they are on and you are supporting them through it, whatever. Okay, just to recap then, the three unhelpful comparisons that I've highlighted today is firstly comparing themselves to how hard their friends are working because you rarely know the full story there. Secondly, comparing themselves to their clever classmates when you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And thirdly, comparing themselves too much to their siblings' achievements. Let's move on to the helpful comparisons that will help your team to increase their confidence and their academic success. So the first really helpful comparison is comparing how they're working 
and how much they're working to what the top students across the country are doing. And this is particularly to counteract those students who were just comparing themselves to their friendship group or even people in their school. You know, if if they're already kind of getting the top grades, then, you know, there's not a lot to be gained from this. But if they're just comparing themselves to people who aren't working terribly hard, then this there's a lot to be gained from this. So instead of comparing themselves to their mates who'd rather be taking selfies for Instagram or playing Xbox for hours on end, it's much more helpful to compare themselves to the students across the country who are doing really well. In normal years, every student taking each GCSE and A-level subject is in a competition for grades with everyone taking their subjects that year, not just the people in their school. This means that they're competing with students at Eton who have had the most privileged education all their lives. They're also competing against students who've had very little help but are determined to do everything they can to do their best. I recommend that students do these hours outside lesson time throughout their GCSE and A-level courses. So for GCSEs, I recommend one and a half hours per subject per week outside lesson time. And that means if they're doing 10 subjects, they're doing 15 hours of independent study outside their lessons. And for A-level students, I recommend they do four to six hours per subject per week outside lesson time. That means they're doing up to 24 hours per week if they're doing four subjects. The thing is, though, that there are students out there working much harder than this. And it's not just about how hard they're working. It's about which revision techniques they're using to make sure what they're doing counts. If you'd like more help with creating a study routine that leads to success, check out the Manage Your Time module in the Extraordinaries Club, um, which is my online hub for families in the exam years, where I teach the study skills, habits and mindset to, for them to achieve their potential. And there's also the Optimise Your Revision Techniques module, which will help to make sure they're using the best revision strategies to make sure the time they're spending on their studies leads to better grades. But just the key point here is to remember that students shouldn't be comparing themselves to the people immediately around them, particularly if they're not particularly hardworking people. They need to be comparing themselves to the people who are actually getting the grades they want to get. And, um, you know, they may well not be in their friendship group or even in their school. Okay, the other helpful comparison is comparing where they are now to where they were in the past. So comparing themselves to their past selves. And, you know, this is a comparison they can make to last week, last month or last year. When you make this kind of comparison, particularly over longer periods of time, it can give you a huge boost because you can see how much you've learned and how much you've improved in things like your written answers or your ability to solve maths problems 
over that time frame. I was recently talking to a member of the Extraordinaries Club who was in year 13. She was feeling really down about herself and her prospects at A-level because she hadn't made very good use of the time she was learning at home during the first lockdown and had a lot to catch up on. I asked her what she was doing differently now compared to back then. There was so much. She was actually working for a start, coming to as many of the accountability calls we've run in the club as possible. She'd done the revision modules in the club and she was really trying every single day. Last year, she wasn't a great student at all. This year, she is behaving like a good student doing everything she can to improve. It made her feel so much better to really stop and think about how far she'd come in such a relatively short space of time. And there was another student in the club as well, who, um, it was just last week actually, she worked on the French, how to revise GCSE French masterclass, because she told me on one of the coaching calls that French was the things she found really difficult and just as a result of working on that masterclass she went from getting eight out of 16 on a particular type of assessment to getting 12 or 13 marks out of 16 and that was in a week she'd made a 50 percent improvement or more in a week on the great on the mark she was getting for a particular type of question and that's a massive improvement and you know if you look back at how you were doing last week compared to how you're doing this week when you've made that big an improvement that's a real boost and it is also an indicator to yourself of what you need to do to continue moving forward and um getting better and for this particular student it was just about learning how to revise French effectively so she was no longer wasting her time feeling like the revision and effort she was putting in wasn't working she was actually doing something that worked and so she's got that positive feedback that if she continues to seek out ways that work then she will continue to improve and get better, not just in French, but in all the subjects that she's taking. Okay, so those are the two helpful comparisons that I think all students should be making. The first of which is comparing themselves. Well, maybe comparing themselves isn't the best word, but kind of seeing what the top students are doing, like how hard they're working, but also how they're working, like what they're actually doing in that time to get the grades, because that's going to help them move forward and be better students. And secondly, comparing themselves to where they were a week, a month or a year ago, because they will have come along in that period of time. And that's hugely motivating to see how much you've improved. So I want to encourage you to go away and help your teenager ditch the unhelpful comparisons and focus on the helpful ones. It's not going to be easy, but after listening to this, I really want you to try to do that because having this kind of positive narrative going on in your head is so much more helpful than having negative comparisons that keep you small and stuck and 
you know, thinking badly about yourself. If you need help with this, you are always welcome to join the Extraordinaries Club where we talk about these kind of things all the time on our weekly coaching calls. Or if you'd like more one-to-one attention, please check out our one-to-one coaching options. And the links for both the Extraordinaries Club and the one-to-one coaching options are at the bottom of today's show notes at lifemoreextraordinary.com forward slash comparisons. Okay, if you do decide to work with us, we'll help your child improve their mindset and implement the behaviours that will, will enable them to reach their full potential. Okay, I hope you found today's episode really helpful. Um, please do come over to the show notes at lifemoreextraordinary.com forward slash comparison if you'd like more detail or just to think about these things more carefully or to check out any of the links that I've got in there. But in the meantime, thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day and goodbye.